and welcome to another episode of Behind the Grain Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Niharika. And I'm Paige. Today you'll be hearing from Gaydens, a leading Australian law firm with offices located in Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth and Sydney. With a history dating back to 1847, Gaydens' vision is to be a preeminent independent firm renowned for providing outstanding client service, innovative solutions and value. The firm is well regarded for its specialist market-leading practices and has clients across multiple industry sectors, including major Australian and multinational organisations, as well as many small to medium-sized businesses and high net worth individuals and families. Today, you'll be hearing from Chris, Chloe and Cassandra, but instead of us introducing them, we'll get them to introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. So my name's Cassandra. I'm currently Business Development and Pro Bono Coordinator at Gaydens Lawyers um, and previously was working as an associate in our intellectual property and technology team. Yeah, thanks. My name's Chris. Uh, I am a corporate M&A lawyer. I'm in my second year at the firm, having just completed in uh, February of still technically this year, the, the grad program. So my name's Chloe. I'm the HR coordinator here at Gaydens and I look after our grads at Gaydens program. Awesome. Thank you all for joining us. It's so great to have like a wide range of people with different skills and talents. The first question we always start with is, what is your favourite coffee order? So um, being a a proper Melbourneian, I am what you could call a coffee snob. (laughs) Uh, So my my go-to order is a flat white particularly because I think when done well, it's the best way to have coffee. It really shows the characteristics of the bean, the roast, and the person who made the drink. It's, you know, mm. when made well, it gets perfect texture, and when made poorly, you're getting microwave milk. So <laughs> there's nowhere to hide, and I think that's that's quite nice. So. Oh, my gosh, microwave milk. Is there a particular bean that, that you like, that you enjoy? How long do you have? Uh, I've got a, list, I've got a list, list of roasts we can go through. Uh, a real coffee snob here. <laughs> a real coffee snob here. Um, my first job in Australia, I was a barista, and I say barista very loosely because I was terrible at it. I absolutely love coffee making and coffee in general, which has been good during lockdown. I've got my own little home set up. I'm sure that keeps you running. Absolutely, absolutely. Got uh, a high rotation of Melbourne's best roasters uh, going through it on any given any given week, which is great. Actually, our firm has pretty good coffee credentials because we count among our alumni the uh, founder of St. Ali, Salvatore Malatesta. He spent a bit of time working through our hallowed halls, but he's obviously gone off to do much more fun things in life. So mine's not as an exciting backstory as that, <laughs> but I'm, I don't drink coffee. So I'm an almond chai. So that's that's um, mine. So I don't, I don't have an interesting Melbourne story like that. Uh, yeah, I'm not as exciting as Chris. I know nothing about coffee. I started drinking coffee to get through uni <laughs> and I haven't been able to go back. So I picked one that I liked and I've just stuck with it ever since. And that's a soy cat. Oh, amazing. Soy milk is all the rage. That's great. It really is. And the oat milk now. Yeah, I've said this before. I think almond milk doesn't always blend well with a hot latte. With the coffee, I feel like the coffee and the milk kind of separate. And then I think soy milk has quite a strong taste where oat milk sort of sits in the middle that it still blends, but it's not as strong as that soy taste. No, oat milk's fantastic because the chemical makeup of it is probably the closest to actual cow's milk. So it does in terms, if you're talking about coffee making, when you're steaming the milk, it reacts most closely to actual cow's milk, uh, full fat cow's milk, I should say, because the fat content will affect how it steams. Whereas as you rightly pointed out, soy milk and almond milk and cashew milk and coconut milk or whatever it is you want to put in your coffee these days, won't react in the same way to hot steam going through it. So it won't texture, it won't split, it won't expand in the same way. So oat milk is absolutely coming up very quickly is probably the best alternative plant-based milk out there. And also, it's probably the cheapest, easiest, and most environmentally friendly ah. of the options to make. We all just got totally schooled on coffee. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, to anybody who's listening to this podcast saying he's absolutely full of crap, 
Uh, talk to me later on, but let's just agree to agree that right now I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am the expert. Um, our <laughs> next one is, do you have a favourite song that puts you in a good mood or gets you started for the day? My song at the moment is um, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. I think it's so fun. Totally. That's awesome. <laughs> Queen, Queen is the best. I love it, it makes me so sad that I never got to see him perform alive because yeah. it was a bit before my time, but his music is so everlasting. I'm obsessed. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm following suit as well. And it's funny because once Bohemian Rhapsody got released, I feel like there's been sort of a resurgence of it and everyone's back listening to it again. But mine is Radio Gaga. Yeah. And it all started with my brother's wedding last year. It was the final song of the night and everyone just got up and about with it. And ever since then, it's just been this like really fun, upbeat song that you can dance around your living room looking like a complete idiot to. And it's okay. Like it's acceptable. So that's mine. It's hard to pick. I think it's a very hard song. Sorry, question and answer, but I reckon uh, at the moment it is impossible to go past in a year like this something that's just really getting you up and about. And I don't know how well you guys, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Chef, but it's one of my absolute favourite movies from a couple of years ago. Um, John Favreau uh, and a whole sort of Metley crew of pretty big names, but it's a story about a guy, a chef in LA who, who gives up the ghost and goes out the food truck and travels across the US with his son. Phenomenal film. Highly recommend watching it, but it's got this. <laughs> fantastic soundtrack uh, mostly it's sort of cuban latin inspired sort of music but the beginning song is a song called i like it like that by pete rodriguez pete rodriguez excuse me which never fails to get me up and about and there are many very embarrassing snapchat or, or you know seven second video from a couple of years back of me seeing to the camera like an idiot watch the movie yeah eat beforehand <laughs> Chris, I feel like you need to do a TikTok to that song and put yeah. it up on the internet. See, Chloe, Chloe, I would, but I don't know what TikTok is or how to tick or talk. Oh, <laughs> We'll just send you a um a little YouTube clip. It'll show you how to do it, and you can post it YouTube. Forward. What's YouTube? What's YouTube? I'm it's living in denial now. It'll be some special content for our podcast as well. <laughs> I love it. Our last little fun question is if you could be a top athlete in any sport, what sport would you choose? I'm just going to jump in. I'd go tennis. Yeah. I know Paige will completely support that answer. Yeah. I think tennis is a great one. Oh, this is a tough one. Well, in high school and a couple of years of uni, I played a bit of rugby, rugby union. So I think that's probably the easy answer. I'd probably have perhaps tried to maintain a certain level of fitness that is now a figment of my imagination. Um, although, you know, those pole vaulters look like they have a lot of fun. Yeah, wow. No, you're even you're even standing around saying, Davo, but you can't jump that wall. It's like, sure, pass me that stick over there. What came up with the idea. Watch me. That's brilliant. And also, there's very little competition in pole vaulting, I reckon. You know, I reckon it's a pretty easy entrance into the market. Once you get past gravity, you know, you're, you're three quarters of the way there. Pretty much. It's just you and Steve Hooker that's, that's in it. <laughs> I think he's got my number. I think he's got my absolute number. Well, this is a bit embarrassing because I've never played a sport in my life. Um, <laughs> however, if I had to pick one, I think I'd need um, – this would be a good comeback story for me when I was a kid. And on athletics day, I used to be terrified of high jump. So I would think that I, yeah, my goal would be to be a, an athlete in high jump because yeah. there was one particular time where we had to do it in front of the whole class. And I ran up and as I got up to the pole, I slipped and I fell like flat on my butt and I had to come back and redo it. And oh, no. it was so embarrassing. And my teacher was she was really horrible. She's like, get up and do it again. So I think <laughs> I think I need a good comeback story. If I could come back on top and, yeah, and be a, a world-class high jumper, that would be amazing. Gosh, that's so tough. <laughs> that's yeah. so tough. 
Love that. <laughs> it's pretty tragic. Just me and sport <laughs> equals zero. It doesn't work. <laughs> that is no, amazing. that's so, so funny. I'd watch that movie. It'd be his second favourite. <laughs> After Chef. Great. Well, thank you for all of those answers. They're so great. I think they gave us a great insight into each of you and your personalities. But I guess we'd love to know a little bit more about the work that you do and I guess why you picked Gaydens and maybe also your particular team. My story of coming to Gaydens is actually not very direct. I, I found out about Gaydens first a couple of years before I even, oh, a year or two before I even applied. Um, when I was at law school, I went to one of those uh, events, which you couldn't possibly hold in the COVID era, which was sandwiching, what, 150 super keen first, second, third year law students in a room with representatives of every other, every firm in Melbourne. And you all walk shoulder to shoulder, listening to <laughs> listening to each each uh, firm tout their wares and their ways. Everyone's just yeah, lollies that are it's not singularly wrapped or, and we all reach into the bowl for them. <laughs> Exactly. Here's a conveniently branded keep cup of mine that, you know, you'll totally look at the coolest person in school walking around with. <laughs> so I was at one of those. So I was walking through, I just walked away from one booth. Uh, so I bumped into somebody behind me. I just struck up a conversation. And, you know, by this point, the night three quarters away through the night, I think everyone's, shall we say, gotten past the, the early enthusiasm is sort of right. Okay, wrapping up. Where am I going to next? So I go home, I go back to the office, whatever. So I just having a conversation with somebody for a good 20 minutes about it all. And it was only after about 10, 15 minutes, I realized that they're a rep from Gaydon's. Oh, a firm time and had, had this fantastic conversation with them. Couldn't tell you who they were. No idea who they are. You know, don't remember. I do remember they gave me a tiny little pop plant because, you know, who needs to keep up when you got a pop plant? But we had a great conversation. I was just really struck with just the person and a couple of, they brought one or two other people from the firm over as well. And I was just struck by the vibe I got from them. And in an environment where you have, everybody's a little bit on edge, obviously, everyone's a little bit tense. You know, you've got both sides, nobody knows each other. You're all sort of feeling it out. This was an incredibly natural report that was built. And it you know, really struck me as a really nice environment, really nice collection of people. So that, that sort of sat with me. And then when it came around the year, following year, a year later to, um, to apply for jobs, I, I had this memory of this really good, really personal human experience I'd had with people from Gaydon's. And so I uh, put my application out to the firm and then the entire experience of interviewing, cocktail functions, whatever it was, you know, every interaction I had with the firm just reaffirmed that first initial experience I'd had with representatives of the firm who I would never remember who they were and they probably won't remember who I was. It was just a completely consistent outstanding experience which really cemented in my mind that this was a, a fantastic firm to come and be a part of so and i must say like that's an experience that's just been reinforced every single day i've been working here so that's a really nice sort of consistent feeling i guess yeah. in terms of the team so i'm in corporate i mean mergers and acquisitions but it's a generally it's a, it's a fairly broad corporate practice most of my work at the moment is in the private m&a space so talking privately held businesses buying and selling transactions uh, sorry buying and selling businesses buying and selling assets and all that my interest in that area stems from my undergrad study and then came to the JD at Melbourne. And my undergrad was in economics. Like I'm sure many commerce students, I had a quite an interest in, in economics and business coming out of that, which lent itself nicely to this area of practice because you're obviously dealing uh, in an environment which intersects between the law and commerce and economics. And so that's those two sort of built together quite nicely to offer me uh, the opportunity to practice in an area which interests me on an intellectual level from the economic side, but also allows me to, to practice law and approach it from that angle. So it's a really nice meshing of the two. Yeah. And I think I really liked, I guess, what you were talking about with the event, right? Those big careers events, they are valuable in that they, you know, give you direct exposure to firms, but they can be intimidating processes. So it's nice to hear from someone who's gone through it and gotten something really valuable out of it. And it's gotten you to where you are now, which is great. So that's a really lovely story to hear about how you kind of ended up at the firm. 
So I stumbled across Gaydens a while ago now. So someone I was working with casually in my second year of my undergrad at Melbourne Uni. So I did an arts um, degree majoring in psychology and criminology and actually thought I'd end up following the psychology path. Took a law elective and yep, changed my focus <laughs> there. Yeah, it actually came, yeah, I was working with someone and applied to start working at Gaydens as an administrative assistant. This was back in 2012. So I've been with Gaydens for a long time now and have sort of worked my way up through the grad program, working in the intellectual property and technology team, and now in our business development and marketing team. And what's kept me around for so long is obviously I enjoy the work and I've had some really incredible opportunities at Gaydens. But as Chris said, it's the people, it's the culture. It's like I've done a lot of growing up there and you do feel like like it's home. You spend a lot of time with who you work with. So you do have those great connections. Everyone works really well together. Everyone's really personable and is invested in each other's growth and success, which I think is really great. I'm sure we, we have lots of questions to ask you about the firm culture and, and all of that. So we're excited to learn more, but I think it's great to hear, you know, that you've kind of grown up with the firm and you've had yeah. this- you know, this bond and relationship to it, which is really, really nice. Chris, you spoke a little bit to this, but we'd love to know more about the work you do in your practice areas and why you chose it or how you kind of ended up there really working in that space particularly. As part of the grad program, so as an administrative assistant at Gaydens, I had been fortunate enough to work across a number of practice areas. So from our disputes team to family to corporate to property to banking, I kind of covered the full range of practice areas. And as part of my grad program, I was placed in a rotation in the intellectual property and technology team and our property team. So I had two, I had six months in each roughly um, and settled in the intellectual property and technology team. Now, it's funny because I didn't enjoy the subject at uni at all, but really liked it in practice practice. And I think that's a really good takeaway for me and for those still studying is that law is very different in practice as well. So being able to try different things out and get those opportunities is really incredible. And then through that work, I've picked up being part of our pro bono and corporate social responsibility practice as well, which could be a whole nother session for me and I won't go too far down that path. And then has led me into the business development and marketing team. I wanted a new opportunity to see the other side of the firm effectively from that as being a lawyer. So that's kind of my pathway into it all. That's really cool, especially that you can, you know, learn other different parts of the business. As a side note, like Paige and I running this whole thing, we've learned so much about, I guess, like social media and marketing and all sorts of different things. So it's been really interesting to kind of see what else we kind of like, right? That, you know, your firm kind of supports you in in looking at all the interests that you have. That's great. Yeah, I've been really lucky. (laughs) That's awesome. We would love, like we mentioned before, to find out a little bit more about your firm culture. So that might include things like, you know, casual Fridays, hot desking, and I guess maybe what are some of the work events that you look forward to? And I think it'd be great to have Chloe, um, your perspective as like, you know, in HR, but also Chris and Cassandra as as the lawyers in the firm. So we might start with you, Chloe. Obviously, I'm I'm HR, so I feel like we're a little biased all the time and we have the perspective on what we think the firm culture is and we are a little bit separate so hopefully Cass and Chris can talk to that a bit more as well but from my perspective we have a very social inclusive culture at Gaydens when you talk to people like Cass said you just you love the people that work here everyone is so nice that was one thing I learned when I first started we had an open door policy so you should only ever have your door shut if you absolutely need to so all the partners they have their doors open you can pop in ask questions 
it's all very open. I know you mentioned casual Fridays. We have a dress for your day policy, which is quite recent. So you can dress however you need to for your day. If you're on the client floor, obviously you need to be a little bit more presentable. But if you don't have any client meetings, dress how you want to at your desk. We have flexible working now. It's all very exciting what's happened, you know, because of COVID. Everyone's like, oh, wow, we can all just work from home. So yeah, looking to return to the offices next year, everyone, if they want to be, can be on flexi work arrangements. Yeah, that's sort of my perspective of the culture. It's very open. Everyone's really lovely, looking yeah, much more towards flexibility now. And then in terms of events, um, we have an amazing social committee and a wellbeing committee that organize, you know, social and, and fitness and mental health, uh, mental wellbeing events throughout the year. Things like yoga, we have a netball team, futsal teams. We have people come in and talk to us about the importance of sleep and give us tips on sleep. That's a good one. <laughs> I am not great with that. I need to learn how to sleep better. <laughs> It's, it's quite yeah. interesting. You know, we, you'd think that it would be an hour of someone telling you, just get more sleep, guys. Like that that's the beginning and end of it. But no, it was really interesting. Mm. We also have someone that works here. Well, Lucy, on the, who's in our team, she's also a qualified nutritionist. So she's also been running like nutrition sessions for the firm. So it's pretty cool that we have a mix of people and skills across the firm that, you know, we can all jump on and run these sorts of things. Yeah, That's amazing. Such important things as well. Like if you want to get the most out of people, they need to be, you know, yeah. sleeping properly, eating well, feeling happy and confident in the workplace. Yeah, and it's, it's good to utilize everyone. people's skills and interests. If, if people have those skills and interests outside of work, why not? If, if you're yeah. a nutritionist, sure, come talk to everyone. That would be amazing. It's great. That's awesome. And I think it'd be great, I guess, to hear from Chris and Cassandra, you know, being on the other end and actually participating, you know, a little bit more in, in these cultural events and the stuff that you do within the firm. How would you describe it? What are some things that you really look forward to? What Chloe's described from an HR perspective is absolutely what I would experience from a practitioner's perspective or, you know, a non-HR perspective is probably the best way of putting it. There is this really strong sense of unification across all levels of, of the firm well, practice groups. And obviously I've got, I can speak to my specific experience in the corporate team and the teams I rotated through in the grad program, but I think it goes for the entire firm, which is to say that, and not not pointing out any particular term here at all, but like, you know, at certain firms, you can imagine there's a bit of a distinction between the partners who sit up atop in the high tower and then the grads and the senior associates. And if you're a junior, if you're a very young junior, you might engage both professionally and socially 80% of your time with your other lawyers, your other associates, and maybe occasional senior associate. What struck me as, as particularly impressive about Gaydens and, and has been really nice is that that's across the board with the firm here. There's no there's no sort of sense of separation between the partners and the and the graduates, you know. And uh, that's both professional and personal. So you'll be working one on one with the partner, and you might be chatting one on one, going and going on the coffee runs, not a singular coffee to get to know somebody, but the coffee runs with senior associates, with special counsels, with partners across the board. And so. That's really nice from a from an experience perspective. So obviously it's great from a professional experience perspective where you get the opportunity to do work with a whole range of people. But in terms of, you know, this is your job, this is what you do, this is where you go every day. In terms of your lived experience, you get this this sense that you're not in a segregated environment or a separate environment where you have to put in your time before you're allowed to speak to ABC person. It's a really strong, really nice sense of being welcomed and being brought into the team. And you certainly get this sort of egalitarianism between everybody. There's no sense of superiority despite people who've been in this firm for decades. Um, there's no sense of, of superiority or entitlement. And that's a really nice environment to, to do your work in. You feel supported. You feel like you have all the support and, and assistance you need, but also the encouragement and the faith to go out and do the best you can to make mistakes, but then to also know that they'll be fixed in a way that helps you learn rather than feel like you've let the team down. So, you know, it's, it's a really nice environment to work in. 
in terms of events, activities, sports, or what you know, social activities. Well, obviously, we haven't been able to do much beyond the occasional Zoom trivia this year. But you know, if I cast my mind back to years or year gone by, yeah, like Chloe said, we have a bunch of really good committees who put on lots of different events, activities. There's social, uh, sorry, there's sporting committees who sort of put on social sport fun runs, or, or whether it's a, you know interfirm netball or the infamous Winnicky Cup, which I don't know if you guys are familiar uh, with the Winnicky Cup. Yeah, oh, fantastic. There you go. We, I wouldn't say we're by any means champions, but um, we're not. Sorry. I, w- I, was, sorry, I wouldn't say we're good performers, but we're participants. We go all right. We go all right. We go all right. We do okay. We don't want to make ourselves targets, Cass. You know, set low expectations and then beat them. <laughs> this is a publicly available podcast. We're terrible. Don't send your best team. Send your worst team. We'll play our worst against yours. So. No, it, it, but it's, it's obviously every firm will have a strong social um, and, and sort of supporting program. And I think ours is up there, competes with the best of them. I think it's a great place to be. And I think there's a lot of appreciation for the value of engagement beyond immediate work. I guess we'd also love to know what kind of work excites you. So you both work in very different practice areas. Yeah, I guess why do you like what you do? Or maybe even more generally, why do you enjoy being a lawyer? I was someone who got into law because I wanted to help others. That's, you know, that's what drives me. That's what motivates me. And whether that's in the corporate sense, I suppose I might talk to more of the pro bono and BD side of things because Chris will talk to the the legal side of things. But pro bono, obviously, we're able to assist those that would otherwise not be able to access the legal help. So it's really getting to know people on a personal level and help them through situations that they may not be equipped or able to deal with themselves. And you do obviously hear some really hard things, but the outcomes and the results you can get for these individuals and their families is really incredible. And it's really great learning for juniors and myself as a junior lawyer to work on those files as well. So I really love being a part of that and growing the practice, onboarding new clients and new partnerships as well is really exciting. And from a BD perspective, it's bringing in new clients to the firm. It's basically putting Gaydens out there, showing them what we can do and then onboarding them through that. I think that's a great answer. I think you're right in the sense that, you know, a lot of us start or are interested in law because we are, you know, people of service. We want to help others. And the law is a really great tool, I think, for doing that, regardless of which practice area you're in. First thing I'll say is that Cass is really underser- underselling herself because she runs a phenomenally strong pro bono avenue for the firm. I mean, she's only just recently, I don't know how much she's told you before, but she's only just recently moved across to sort of that main pro bono BD role. But previously, she was probably the hardest working IP lawyer who did more work that wasn't IP. Um, so, no, Cass is a superstar. She's a superstar. She's a pro bono superstar. She's um, very well suited to jump across the role she has. And so, yeah, no, it's quite nice seeing people, especially people that are, you know, and this is not an insult at all, but at a junior level, taking such a strong charge of something so important and something that's often left to perhaps more experienced practitioners. As a junior, seeing other people at that level breaking away from what is very easily, sorry, very, very commonly an easy sort of temptation to just focus on the billable grind is, is quite nice to see. So she's short selling herself. My, one of my favorite moments is at the very beginning of a matter when either the instructions first come through or sort of you get the partner or the senior associate or whoever it is bringing you on that matter and saying, you know, hey, Chris, I'm going to get your help on this. We're doing this transaction. This client is buying this business or this transaction is happening. And what I like about that it is it's big picture. You get to find out, hey, we've got this 
gymnasium business that's buying a health spa. And so you get to look at, okay, who's the client or who's the purchaser? Who's the person being sold? And you look at the business and you look at, first off, you know, what are they doing in a big picture? You look at their websites, you get an understanding as to, as to what you're dealing with. You know, you might have a flip through the AFR if it's like, say, a big commercial data security client and see if they've got any sort of media presence or any sort of, you know, anything happened to them in the news lately. And you get a holistic idea of the world in which you're about to step into. And that's, that's really cool because you're not in the weeds yet. And that'll come. And that's really exciting in its own way. But you're at that very beginning where everything's yet to come and you're just being able to sort of look at it from with fresh eyes and you get to learn who you're dealing with, what is the environment in which they operate, what are their objectives? And then if you're safe, you're, if you're acting from the buy side, you know, what are the key risks that might arise based on who the seller is and, and where they operate? And COVID's a really interesting modifier on that because you're looking at the question of, well, hey, was this is this a business that has been affected by the lockdowns, by the restriction on free movement of people, on you'd think at first they're drying up liquidity, but actually this huge amount of money that's been made available to the markets, you know, how have they been affected by COVID and how is that going to affect the risk profile of the deal and the things that you need to take into account? And if you're drafting transaction documents, you know, what are the risks that you need to address through a warranty regime or, you know, what can be carved out as a condition precedent? I mean, that's not to say completion dinners aren't fun. Sometimes they're too fun, but I think that's that, you know, it's the beginning when there's hope and opportunity um, and everything's still to come. I'm sure it would have been so interesting to work in what, you know, in the area that you do this year with everything being so novel. Like, I mean, I don't know how many precedents you would have been able to find, um, you know, (laughs) what you're doing. But I think that means that you're doing really valuable work because you're kind of like paving the way. Absolutely. Well, this is the unprecedented year. So you couldn't possibly have a precedent. The tagline of 2020. That's it. Oh, I know. Yeah. How many times? How many? We can have the unprecedented <laughs> podcast. We'll just, say, we'll just say unprecedented to each other 40 times. For, you know, actually, because there's one thing I would say on this entire podcast is that every single graduate, every single first year lawyer, every single person starting out starts out from the exact same position of zero. Doesn't matter how much experience you have as a clerk, doesn't matter how many clerkships you did, doesn't matter, you know, how much paralegaling work you did, doesn't matter if your mum, your dad, your granddad, great, 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 great grandparents were lawyers. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. You all start from the exact same point of you went to law school, you prove that you have the mind to do the job. And don't, you know, this could be taken out of context, but this that's not what I mean. Is that you know, nothing you did at law school is is has any sort of direct impact on what you're able to do from day zero. Law school is an indication that you have the mindset and that you can apply yourself in the context in which the work will be done. But from day zero, you, you, from the first day of being a graduate, you're on the same footing and everything is there to learn. And I say this for guidance, but I, I would like to believe it's true for every law firm is that the whole point of being a graduate of a firm is that the firm gives you the tools and the support necessary to allow you to learn. So, you know, you walk in on day one, I don't know what a warranty is, don't know what an indemnity is, don't know what, you know, what's a transaction? Who knows? That's okay. <laughs> the whole point is that you're supposed to come in and not know anything. In fact, it's better to come in and say, I don't know what that is, because it gives the opportunity, gives you the opportunity to learn and it gives the firm the opportunity to say, great, let us teach you. We'd love to teach you. So, you know, it's not about knowing what these things are in advance. It's about immersing yourself in the world and under, you know, getting interested in concepts or, and not in terms of legal concepts, but in terms of like commercial concepts or um, you know, broad ideas and, and, and get yourself used to a way of thinking that will allow you to then take in information, be it how to draft a sale or purchase agreement or how to argue the, the novelty of a patent. I say this is absolutely no experience as an IP lawyer. <laughs> no, it's a very good point though, Chris, because yeah, you, you get the tools that you need at law school. And I remember starting out, and as I said before, like practice is very different to studying it. So you do start in the same position as everyone else. And it, it is a massive learning curve as well. Like your graduate is a big year. There's a lot in it. 
But law school just gives you the tools that you need to be able to tackle those things. You don't have to know everything going into it and you don't need to know exactly what you want to do. If you do, that's great. I wasn't someone who knew where I wanted to end up. So it is a journey. And that's, I think, the best way to look at it is it's a journey. It's not all going to come together overnight. It is going to take some time and you've just got to trust in the process. You've just got to trust in yourself and that, you know, the firm, whether it's at Gaydon's or somewhere else, is going to guide you through that journey. And I think you can't look too far ahead as well. You do sort of have to take days and weeks as they come. I think that's such an interesting point because, you know, typically law students and lawyers years uh you know we're type a people um it is hard to let go of things sometimes <laughs> chris is like no i'm not um, <laughs> like it is hard to let go of things and you know like you yep. said trust in the process but yep. i think hearing from people like you both that are you know have done it and gone through the whole thing it's reassuring to hear that you know maybe actually do just chill out a little bit and, and oh, absolutely. now i can say this three three years after my grad program at the time it's very full-on and very overwhelming and i think something that you're not always told is it's okay. It's okay to feel out of your depth. It's okay not to know everything. And it's okay to say that and to ask for help. That's why as like whether it's at Gaines and I'm sure other firms are very similar is you have a buddy, you have a supervisor, you have people you can go to in your team to ask those questions. You're not expected to come in knowing everything. Otherwise you'd ready be a partner. (laughs) You're coming in as a a graduate and you are at the start but it's the best yeah. time to learn. And that's one bit of advice that I wish I was told more clearly and I suppose more direct coming into it as well is, yeah, it's okay to not feel okay and it's okay not to know everything. Because you learn and you still learn. Like Chris is still learning, I'm still learning, like everyone is still learning. And this year has just thrown a whole lot of things that our way that we never had to deal with before and it's going to have flow-on effects for, you know, when you're all starting out at firms as well. The, the number one thing I pull out of that, Cass, is 100% right, is that nobody expects a grad to know anything. In fact, if a grad walks in and says, I know this, they're like, you're full of it, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> so when I walk in, they say, I know what a warranty Right. Yeah, you'd be like, a warranty. Yeah, like, good joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hi, I'm a laywer. I mean, sorry, lawyer. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, Cass is uh, absolutely right with everything she said. And the number one thing from that would be that, yeah, nobody expects you to know a thing. In fact, they expect you to know nothing. And that's the way it should be. It allows you to be taught. Apart from that, law school is just a really good experience to um, engage intellectually with a whole range of ideas. But um, if you'll indulge me, you guys watch the West Wing at all? No. Oh, greatest, greatest show on television ever was. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal show. But there's a scene in that. It's obviously about the West Wing staff. It was a long time before the orange guy walked in. And there's a scene where one of the main characters is talking to this, um, effectively his girlfriend, really. But if you watch the show, you know Laurie's not his girlfriend. Anyway, she's a, she's a law student and he's talking to her about this, that, the other. And, you know, there's this famous line, which is like, you know, law school has nothing to do with the practice of law. It only has a direct correlation to graduating law school. And once you're out of law school, it's mm-hmm. not the be all and end all. Your experience as a lawyer, your professional career as a lawyer is not predicated on the performance of law school. Obviously, you have to do it to get there, but it's all about what you do once you arrive. It's a phenomenal experience, but it's an opportunity to do perhaps things that, and this goes to your question about what would you study? Mm-hmm. I'm not really out of order here, but I would say, this is going to sound strange, but don't study the things you think you need to study to do the job that you think you want to do. Yeah. Study things that are broad. Study things that are interesting. Study things that you don't think you'll ever use in a professional context, but you find it fascinating because the breadth of intellectual stimulation you get, the sort of the broadening of your mind you'll get from that and the, and the sheer pleasure and engagement you'll get from that far outweighs the fact that you could do a commercial transaction subject and learn what a warranty is. You'll yeah. learn that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great point. 
yeah, yeah. I would if I had my time in law school again I'd take completely I mean I enjoyed my subjects but I would take the opportunity to learn totally uh, out of the sort of the box of what I do now but fascinate me because it's this opportunity to engage on this really intimate level with phenomenally intelligent people. Linking what Chris is saying back to, I suppose, obviously going into a grad year and applying as well, which is something that I'm sure a lot of your listeners have front of mind is, you know, doing those subjects that may be a bit different and that are really, you know, following your interests. That's important. Like you are obviously applying for jobs and you want something that's going to set you apart as well. You don't want to just think you have to be like everyone else and, if you're interested in, you know, human rights or international law or commercial law or tax law, do those subjects and follow it. Because when you're practicing, everyone brings something different to the table. Everyone's got a different background, different life experiences. Some have started early in their careers. Some have, this is their second or third career. So it's really important to highlight what your interests are because end of the day, this is your career. You're going to spend a lot of time in it if you choose to. So you want to be doing something that interests you. And through my when I was working in IP practice, I'd done a lot of volunteering and CLC work throughout my degrees. And that's what's now led me to have such an important role in our pro bono and CSR practice is because I followed something that interests me, not what I thought I had to be doing as a lawyer. There's no one fits all approach now. So if you're working at a corporate firm, but you have all these interests outside of work, amazing. I'm glad that you mentioned that because you're a little bit more qualified to say that than I was, but I was going <laughs> to add to say that, you know, it doesn't even have to be necessarily subjects at law school. You can undertake other things, do other courses to figure out what your interests are and yeah. like add that also. I'm glad you said it because you're a bit more qualified yeah. than I am. Today. No, that's, that's exactly right. Like my, like one of my real interests is still psychology and I've been able to work with CLCs and partnerships that have, say, a mental health focus or have social workers that they work with and just being able to learn from them as well as them learning from us is a really incredible experience. But again, just looking at what your interests, what your strengths are, because that's where you're going to shine. That's where you're going to be your best, not when you're hiding that and because you don't think it fits the corporate mold or the corporate lawyer. Corporate law looks, uh, it's so varied now and we have some incredible incredible people from so many different backgrounds and previous careers as well that just makes, well, for us Gaydens, what Gaydens is. I think also this is a really good, I guess, point to maybe wrap up because this advice is so important and crucial for students, you know, to, to be authentic and be yourself. Did you have maybe any final comments or tips for listeners? I know one of our like kind of wrap up questions, it is a little bit tricky, but, you know, we've thrown a lot of questions at you, but are there any questions that, you know, maybe we didn't think of that you think are really important for students to know and that, you know, you had the answers to? Be yourself. Don't compare yourself to others and others that maybe applying at the same firms and don't feel like you have to apply to firms just because others are applying as well. Like really take the time and consider where you want to apply, whether that firm aligns with your values and the work you want to be doing rather than just doing a, just applying everywhere because that's what everyone's doing. So that's, that's definitely a tip for me. Really take the time to appreciate and enjoy the environment that, that university, but law school presents in particular, which is the opportunity to engage with these concepts and with these sort of areas of practice and ideas in an environment where there's nothing for you to give, but everything for you to digest and take on. The reality is it's, it's a tremendous environment where you get exposure to some of the most interesting, engaging, controversial, challenging ideas. And it's all just given to you. It's a buffet of knowledge. And it's something that, you know, if I had my time again, I would have spent more time engaging with that. 
everything else will fall into place because you will be a more rounded person because of it. You'll be a more engaged person because of it. And you'll have more topics, ideas, and positions with, to which you can speak that will then lead you into the role that really suits you. Just enjoy that moment because it is truly one of the most fantastic opportunities and experiences that you could possibly have. And whatever you do, you can't do it, you can't do it wrong as long as you do it. Make the most of, yeah, as Chris said, your time at uni and your network as well at uni. So they will end up being your colleagues as well. And that's something that I think you realize the importance of once you start practicing, maybe more so than you do at law school, but just having those connections and not being afraid to approach people that are already in the industry and finding those mentors, whether it's official programs or a friend of a friend's a lawyer at a firm, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, use those resources, get that, you know, firsthand experience, you know, have a coffee with someone you know who's working in the industry and find out what they do day to day, not what you think they do, but what they actually do. Me and I have found so much that, you know, when we started the podcast, we were really terrified about asking people for their time, but you're all so generous and want people to know what's going on. You want to help them. And it's been amazing for us to see that because, you know, people say, oh, add me on LinkedIn, send me a message, email me for coffee. And you sort of don't follow up because you think that they're just being polite and they don't actually want to spend time helping you, but that's not the truth at all. We do. And like, I was fortunate enough to have people who did and I want to be that person for others as well. That's sort of, you, you. we have that lived experience. We know what it's like to apply and interview and go to those cocktail functions and sort of awkwardly stand there not knowing what to do at the start. So, you know, we we've been there. wish we had a podcast there. when we were in law yeah. school to tell us what it was. Why exactly. were you guys doing this years ago? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> so, by all means, like, you know, reach out to people. Even if you see people yeah. on LinkedIn, like I've made some connections on LinkedIn with people I've never met before, but have been really great resources of knowledge and advice. Well, thank you for your time today um we really appreciate it and you've given such good advice a lot of things that students will be taking away and i'm taking away so thank you both very much and chloe we will be at the lav careers fair in march if anyone is listening the firm will be there so if you want to come along and ask us questions about the firm or the program please feel free to and applications for our melbourne program will open in july next year as well great thank Thank you. you so much Thanks for listening to this episode of Behind the Grind. We hope you've been enjoying Season 2, which will continue to be released every Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. The links are in your show notes. That's all from us today and be sure to listen in to our next episode.